Hey everyone, welcome to episode 12 of Collect Football Live. Uh, we're going to do a state of the market for December 2020. I'm here with Al. Uh, you've heard him in many episodes. L Ray underscore collection on Instagram. L, Al, how you doing? Good. How you doing, Bill? Man, uh, crazy, uh, crazy year ending, ending this week. So looking forward to 2021 and you know, see where the soccer market takes us, I guess. Yeah, hopefully uh, 2021 is a better year for, for everybody because this was a crazy year. But in some ways, in, in terms of soccer collecting, it was a it was a great year, right? Um, like when you just think about you – know, I was thinking last night of how, you know, we a bunch of us were on that call and we were talking about, wow, these messy cards are so low. They are where they were versus, you know, a few months ago. But then I was thinking, but from a year ago – I mean, it was still huge. These were still huge, you know, prices for virtually everything, um, you know. So, you know, I think from when you take it, it depends which, which how you're looking at things. But certainly, you know, the world is at a tough 2020. But if you had a lot of soccer cards, you know, you, you're probably doing pretty good in, in 2020 if that was your business, which I don't, it's not for either one of us. But, but I'm sure that, you know, for some people, you know, it, it was a good 2020 because soccer ex- finally exploded. Yeah, it's uh, that's definitely exciting. Um, you know, if we were talking about this in March or even, I mean, definitely February, because I did a lot of like, you know, checking up on everything in February. Um, like, it's just insane the difference. And, you know, we've talked about it before, just like what, what caused it. I mean, obviously the COVID uh, lockdowns and everything did help and just this huge bump and just card collecting in general. Like it just, it, it's, it's great. It's insane to me, honestly, like it's just like how it just clicked and um, you know, it wasn't like this slow buildup. It was just boom, light switch hit. And here we are, you know? And I thought that, you know, you and I have talked about that too, where we just kind of feel like, okay, well, even if we see like a gradual, increase you still have time to react but it almost felt like you had to like react so quickly or you weren't going to get the benefit of of the switch turning on and uh you know now you just gotta still figure out where the values are and that sort of thing but you know there's still things you want regardless of value and when those come up you got to get them so that's uh that's the challenging part as a collector um yeah but you know, uh, it was going to happen at some point in time. It just happened earlier than I think we expected. Yeah. Or, or frankly, in, in my case, wanted, right. Cause when you still got a lot of stuff on, you know, check off list, you know, then you know, it's kind of, it, it just makes it more difficult and, uh, and harder and more expensive to get, to, to get things. I, I, I was reflecting, uh, you know, t- over the last, you know, at the end of the year, you always reflect a little bit. And when I was thinking about like collections and, you know, soccer in, in, in particular, you could have the only sales that I know that were more than $50,000 for soccer cards were the PSA nine alpha and like an HA auction a couple of years ago in 2018, that was in the world cup boom and went for 50,000 and we we're all like, Oh my God. Right. You know? Um, and then, Allegedly, the 57 Pele, you know, Zen Baseball, you know, Bob uh, said that he had sold that for close to 100,000 um, to the latest seller. But you, that wasn't a public sale, so you didn't really know if that was real. And, and I kind of was saying, you know, no way. Um, and then everything, there's only a handful of sales more than $10,000. So, goals in, in, in good grades and stuff like that and and you know you could still pick, pick up really nice you know messy rookies for a couple thousand so it's uh it's just been a huge change in a cataclysmic shift in the overall market over the year um you know i'm sure we'll get into talk some of these more recent auctions 
and kind of what it means over the last few months. But but the you know from one year to another year, it's just been like literally insane. Yeah, just a huge seismic shift. And I mean, it's it's across the board too. You know, like everything's gone up at least. I mean, even at a minimum, it's gone up 100%, right? Like, I mean, I think that's a low low end of the range for most cards. Um, but we can kind of break it down into segments. And I mean, I think that PWCC auction kind of displays that still. Um, we look at like the free work stuff and it's still, you know, there's the um, Dixie Dean, the 1930 that went for $400 is a PSA eight and a half, I believe. Um, you can buy those raw for 30 bucks, um, pretty easily, maybe 40 if you want to take into account shipping, but, uh, you know, it's just, it is in good condition. It's a high end of the range. And I think it does maybe prey on people who are a little less, uh, understanding of soccer cards from certain regions. Yeah. Uh, well, why don't you talk a little bit about, I think you did last night, but just, give people kind of your perspective on some of, you know, different regions high level so that they can kind of be aware of Yeah. It. So, so Say, most don't buy that card, don't buy that card. Yeah. It's just, I think it's just more, um, you know, the, the nations that were more collectible or collecting nations, um, the wealthier nations typically preserve those cards better because they had that, you know, that sort of dynamic to the community and the collecting in general. So you're looking at the UK, um, Germany, um, you know, I guess, I mean, Spain to a point. Right. You'd say Sweden, right? Look at this is why we get all the high grade alphas, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I'm looking at like pre-war. So there's a lot less of that out there, but, but we do see it. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I mean, it should. That's going to probably translate throughout the eras. So yeah, I mean, definitely Sweden, um, which is also a wealthier country. So, I mean, you're just looking at, you know, probably the, the less wealthy ones, just that they got thrown aside, or you know, there was wars, or there was all these different reasons why these cards didn't survive, or if they did, they're in pretty terrible shape. So, um, you know. We've said this before on other shows, but like South America, you know, a lot of Italy. Um, what else? I mean, in Spain is hard to get things above a three, four, uh, you know, when you go in certainly pre-war, um, you know, just because, you know, they had the civil war going on. You got, you know, Franco and then, you know, in, 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 in Italy in the you know 1930s, the buildup you know, to World War II, Mussolini, um, they're issued with chocolates, you know, so it's more of a kid's, you know, market as opposed to cigarettes, like in the UK, which would be in a more adult, you know, market. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of factors that play um, into it. And in the end, you just, it, it's all about, you know, supply. And I think the supply in those wealthier countries is, is, is much more the conditions in, in the collector you know, history was more, um, you know, save them in better shape. And that's why you're going to have better ones. Now, it doesn't mean that if you don't, if you love the Dixie Dean card, even though that I don't see how that was an 8.5, shouldn't necessarily get it, right? But again, I look at the card and I'm like, there's that's not an 8.5, number one. Number two, you can buy raw for 30 to 50 bucks. I think that there's, while I think there's been a decent consolidation of knowledge in the hobby since, you know, a lot of new people came mostly in the post-war period, you know, um, especially I'd say centering around 1958 with the Brazilian World Cup and Pele through common uh, days or now and through today and all that stuff kind of pre-war, certainly it's still completely an unknown to most people. There's not a ton of great resources and people it's easy to make mistakes when you don't know that because you can say, wow, it's nearly, it's a hundred year card, hundred year old card in really good shape. It must be valuable. Um, I would say just like anything, don't, don't, don't make a broad based statement and just stick to it because, you know, that was one that should have been avoided by, by, uh, you know, someone yesterday. 
unless they're just the ultimate Dixie Dean collector and they needed to have the highest grade, which I haven't met any of those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's obviously going to people who are less educated about the, the hobby as a whole, right? Like, they they want to dip their toes in it. They see an old card and that grade, and it's to me to them maybe they deal in baseball or some other sport where they see what a 1930 common goes for and they are using you know different comparisons than we are and so we're looking at it from a soccer market and they're looking at it as a general hobby market you know and so i can see where and they're using the same thought process that we are in regards to like well there's the market's not going to get any you know looser it's going to tighten up because there's going to be so many more people that are interested in the, the cards that it's just a long-term investment that they feel like they're not going to lose out on and, and they probably aren't it's going to be a while you know i think that's right i think i think that's 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 right if, but if i'm a collector and i invest a little bit more time i could save a lot of money for you sure know? i think if, if you wanted to just invest generally in the macro trend like I was saying, you know, yesterday there's a bunch of great pickups, and I'm sure everybody who bought anything yesterday is going to be quite happy with that two, six years down the road, um, if that's their time frame. So, you know, I think, and, and even with that Dean card, I think you'll be, you know, happy with it, and you can get an enjoyment out of it now because it, it's, it, you know, generally I, I think the photograph on it is is generally attractive. But if you're need, needing to be, you know, build your collection from a low base, you know you and I would both recommend go buy a raw one from 30 to 50 bucks, you know, grade it. It comes back a five or a six or, you know, four or seven, you know, it doesn't matter. It's a nice piece in your collection. Yeah. That's, I was just thinking about that earlier today when I was kind of thinking about talking points and it's just like the definitely 58 on up, even 55, like, or let's just say fifties on up, like, the prices have gone up substantially and it just seems like pre-war is lagging behind. And I think that that's like kind of, at least in my opinion, the most untapped era for people if they're looking to invest in cards. Um, you know, I just think like buying these Dixie Ds for so cheap right now, um, like it's ridiculous to be able to get these cards. Like maybe maybe the ridiculousness is being able to get the card for thirty to fifty dollars raw. Like looking at it that way, you know what I mean. And so I agree that that's the way to go in comparison to that graded one. Um, but it's interesting that those cards are so inexpensive. When like what do you get for fifty dollars? Like you have to buy like a nineteen seventy five Pele to find something that's going to cost you fifty dollars. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. And especially now, I mean, the Pele, the Pele market has really, you know, it, it's it was always strong. It's always a leader of the, the the hobby, but it's gotten, you know, now where it's pretty common that a decent 1960s card is, you know, getting close to a thousand dollars, you know, and that's that's probably a tenfold increase over where we were a year ago. Um, you know, so it, it, as people kind of get pushed out of the 58 rookie, you know, market, they gravitate more to early 60s. They gravitate gravitate to the team cards. I mean, the uh, the Fotring, you know, team card that went um, what did that for? Like three thousand? Yeah, yeah. I think this one. If, if anybody's watching, yeah, three thousand for a team card, which has to be close to a record for a team card um you know and then the the album that you didn't buy remember the full album um you know i was actually just got an email today from a guy in in germany and and it seems like the the market price has kind of creeped up to ten thousand euros but they are out here this is my favorite from it um, yep you know yep uh, one more easy brand. I really like out of this uh set so you know i think that um all those peles are going up all those 60s that uh, uh san uh giorgino the 1962 i think for, went for like a thousand that the the cyan went for like a thousand these are all you know cards that would have been you know well maybe not the the san giorgino that's always been a tough one but you know 100 150 bucks you know a year ago and they've just been ratcheting up you know auction after auction 
and they haven't really slowed, you know, slowed down. And, and I was thinking to myself actually yesterday, I'm like, wow, this is, these prices are just too high on the Pele's. And then I went and I looked a little bit about, you know, the Babe Ruth's. Um, so if you believe that there's an equivalency of Babe Ruth versus, you know, Pele, and then you start to see what these 1921, 22, 23, you know, Babe Ruth's are going for, and you're like, well, maybe that isn't crazy. Maybe a thousand dollars for a pretty rare, nice, you know, uh, Pele is. We should consider that still cheap. Um, it just it's a hard shift for my brain to make right after ten years of hundred bucks, hundred and fifty bucks. Um, but in when you look at it at a bigger level, which I've always struggled to do this year, you know, there there could be a pretty clear argument, you know, to that. I mean, would you rather have that or would you rather have some? You know, I, I looked at what somebody paid for that Rashford, you know, rookie, the yellow number to 10. It's so a $6,000. And then if I had that versus some exceedingly scarce, beautiful Pele's and I could have six of them, you know, I'm, I'm going to take the rare Pele's, um, you know, but but I think that's one thing that that is he's the bellwether for the market, I think. Um, not necessarily just the CR7, you know, messy rookies. I, I think, I think that Pele is really driving the, the the. He's a barometer for the vintage market. Oh, 100%. Like, and I mean, so that's a great sign for everybody that's been buying vintage. And you know, you just got to feel super comfortable with where you're at now. I mean, it's. I grabbed a handful of cards the other day, and I was kind of flipping through them, and I'm like. This this handful was probably two thousand dollars last year, and now it's like twenty some thousand dollars, like minimum. Like it's just you know crazy, like what stuff I kind of threw on the side, and now it's like oh my god, like this is just insane, like the the difference. And I mean, we just we've seen that, and this is it's not stopping anytime soon, I guess. Um, but I'll be interested in, to see what happens over the winter. Um, you know, the holiday auctions, I'm never sure if those are getting pushed up or they or get that. hurt, you know? Yeah. I, I don't think, I mean, I always thought that historically, I'm looking back, some of my best times to buy were around Thanksgiving weekend. Um, I just found just a huge, you know, everyone's with their families, all their wives are yelling at them if they're, you know, on the computer buying shit and then stuff that closes there, you could generally pick up. Uh, you know, pretty well. And I haven't gone back and double checked, you know, some of the same cards over the time, but I always felt like that was a good time. And I thought that because of the kind of economic crisis and the increase of COVID and, and a bunch of, you know, in lack of clarity on the political situation and the economic situation that we would, um, you know, potentially see some, some decreases in, in December, but obviously those auctions went off you know, pretty well at Golden and HA, and and there was some pretty, pretty solid, you know, pricing, um, at least on the marquee cards. Um, but but now I I kind of feel like these marquee cards, you know, went up so fast so quickly, and then we have on the Ronaldos and the and the Messies, you know, some drops here. Pele's continue to go up. Maradona dies, so his his actually you know jump up a bit, not not as much as I kind of expected. I expected the seventy eight Maradona three, which is pretty high grade for that card, to do better than it did last night at like what was it twenty two hundred or something. Um, so I kind of expected that to do better. The seventy seven disc, even at a one point five, that would be forty five hundred, um, so, something like that. So you know you could make a case depending on. You know, how you look at it, that's high price for a low-grade card. It is, but at the same time, there's just not that many. And they're, you know, it's, it's, it, he is a marquee player, and he should still be getting some of the, the I hate to say benefit, but his card prices, the, the, the attention of, of his passing, which is, you know, I think kind of shocked everyone. Um, so, you know, I think that we, we are seeing some consolidation in the market and then, what the big unknown in my eyes is something you talked about, Vincent, from Card Hour about, you know, what these pops actually start to look like when people start to get a lot of their stuff back and then how that how that supply affects 
uh, the long term and and the short term of, of the hobby. I mean, I, there's some hope to me that we get a lot of people flooded and people just feel like they need to sell things and it's a great buying opportunity. Um, you know, I think in the long run, the supply, as you and I both know, is going to be so constrained by so many factors. So all you need is demand to go up a little bit more than the supply and you'll end up with constant, you know, increases, you know, kind of like GE's earnings for like 20 years under Jack Welch. Like you could kind of bank on it. It was going to go slowly up, you know, it was like managing the earnings, right? And so instead of these, these incredible peaks and valleys, um, so I think we've consolidated here. It's a solid base, definitely a new level for virtually every card. That the, you know, I think less than ten thousand dollar alpha isn't going to happen because the one last night, which was probably the worst one we've seen, with like half the back ripped off, sells for thirteen five. Um, so I just can't see you getting uh, an alpha for less than ten thousand anymore. So I think we've kind of set this new marker, and then from here. The healthier thing is slow growth over time. We know we're going to see a spike, you know, in 2022, and we know we'll see another spike in 2026 um, because we've seen these spikes, you know, since 2010. So, so anyway, th those are just some of the the, the bigger you know, thoughts that I have on the market. Yeah, and just to follow up on you were talking about the uh, like spike in the um, pop you know, population of some of the graded cards. I still don't think that's even really going to be, but a blip, maybe not even a blimp, a blip for vintage, right? Like, I mean, there's, there's so few of them anyway. Like everybody that we know could get a particular card graded and it wouldn't be over, you know, 200 in a pop of a particular card. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't yeah. think... I'd say, yeah, definitely, definitely 200, right? But, but like, if you, I have, it's been a while since I've been checking, you know, pops carefully, but if you said, like, let's take uh, the, remember when the PSA 8 Zidane went for, for like 20,000 and then it didn't get paid and it got relisted and people are like, whoa, it's kind of like this thing. I think around then there was like maybe 50 PSA graded, if I recall, right? Um, when you, see events like that and like what I've, i think we've seen this year with the alpha it seems like there's an alpha up every week or two because there's so many in collections that as soon as people heard that they were worth money they were take trying to take the gains or cash sure. at some point most of those are going to get absorbed and i think the supply is going to dry up and it's going to be you know harder to get that's right. my hypothesis but i also you know it also has the same thing like you get um you know how many zidans are going to come out that haven't been graded and get you know graded you know if if that number is you know 50 100 you know, even 150 i think we're fine i think if it ends up being 500 which i would be shocked because you and i've been around enough to i probably would have seen them right um you know i would be worried so so i think there is some you know amount of there could be you know, too many. I don't think that that will happen, but it's it's a it's a risk, right? And it's a risk like how you guys were talking about that. Um, why some people just like numbered cards? They want to know exactly how many are out there, and they want to you know calibrate off of off of those. Um, we don't know. There, you know, there's what 60, 70 alphas maybe rated, and so what if that number turned into four hundred? Um, the market could absorb them, yeah, but probably not at the prices. That, um, that we'd be seeing now because, you know, you get it, it would just be real hard to, um, at least from my perspective, see the market and the buyers that we have in the market sustain 400, you know, alphas. I don't think there are, by the way. It's just, yeah, right. Yeah, I agree with that. But I think it would have to be that they would all have to come out in a, like a trunk. You know what I mean? Like, where like a block of time, like let's say there's 20 of them released in like a two month period or something like that, then I could see where maybe we see it affect it very short term, I think. Because yeah, if, if, if there was a black swamp fine, you, you you know what that is in baseball? Yeah. So so like if, if they went to, you know, they, they found some box 
and they came out and they you know found you know 200 of these near pristine condition pelés i mean i think it would obviously hurt if we had if i'm holding a, a psa 3 or 4 right um and again the probability of this is very low but it does happen from time to time and, and if it happened to happen to you know that was a big set so if they found a big stash it wouldn't be like all pele's it would be you know there's so many other cards in the set so you're probably there's probably not even a ton of risk to something like that but i think in most of the stuff that we you know look at there is some risk of increased supply um you know it's just the matter of demand's gonna you know outstrip it um and, and i think that it's pretty safe to say yes still even at these market prices that we see today yeah, I just yeah. I mean, long term, even if that is the case, long term, we're not even. It's not even an issue. But if you're looking for like, if you are looking to flip or do something like that, or take a short term gain or something like that, you might be challenged. Um, yeah. So, all right. So it's pretty much everything. I'm just gonna kind of flip through some of these auctions that I had saved. Like the pre-war. I mean, you're getting. Stanley Matthews, two hundred bucks, you know, things like that. Like, it's uh, quite low in my opinion um, when you're just looking at it comparison to other eras. Um, they get up to like uh, Duncan Edwards rookie, um, which you don't see a ton of those out there, uh, and decent grades for sure. Um, that one for two hundred bucks. Now we get back up into. Uh, you know, like the Puskas and then the Idolos from 55, which those still seem to go quite low. Um, Especially given the, the, the stature of all those players, you know, Milton Santos to John Myself Santos. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think all of those guys are, if you don't have those in your collection, I would definitely advocate. I mean, if you like, you know, Brazilian uh, players, I, I think those are all really, really solid pickups. At these prices for sure because both of those were like Milton santos and gilmar i think were like 100 bucks or less for, the, for each of them and then the dd was 150 which dropped from the previous pwcc which went for a couple hundred um which is just interesting to me i would think that if anything those sort of cards or the lower dollar would actually be the ones that start to get that bump just yeah you know i think that that one thing that people will have to get used to in, in soccer in general is because there's not the volume of transactions as some of the other sports have the they you're going to have some volatility because you're only you only have to pay you know two dollars more than the next closest bid so you know if somebody if there were like three people that wanted the card and one of them got it last time then there's still two people that wanted the card then you know the reserve price you're gonna you may have some some of this ratcheting down from time to time my, my general suggestion is figure out what you want to pay ahead of time what you think things are worth maybe you you decide hey this is really low on my party list so i i set low bids and if i get it hey i'm happy right i'm surprised but i'm happy um and then you pick the few things you really want to 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 you know go strong after um, and that way, that way you can take advantage of the volatility instead of being, you know, a victim of it. Yep, I dig that. That's uh, it's just hard to do that anyway because then you don't get your emotion involved when you're like trying to bid for a second and that sort of thing. You can get just sit back and enjoy the ride and see what happens. So I've run into that in you know, previous years where I just kind of go, okay, I'm going to see what I can get, what I can bid. And then, oh, I wasn't ahead of years. So then I start to bid more and then I did more, you know, and then like now it's coming 40% higher than what I wanted to bid in the first place. And, you know, you take, you're taking the logic out of it, putting the emotion in because you want to win. And, you know, then not be as creative a purchase as it would have been otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and you, you, you know, needs to, I mean, at least I would recommend have, you know, that discipline, like, you know, like, like the, the, you can imagine my house, uh, when we were talking about the 57 Pele and, and there was a lot of emotion going on there and we had 
discussed it at length beforehand, and so the reserve was done. I mean, like we had blown through, you know, the reserve, and there's two people, you know, ahead, and you know, there were there were discussions, you know, like, you know, but still, that's the unideal situation, right? Um, right. You know, we had already decided, hey, you're we're gonna go up to here. Then that gets passed, and nine times out of ten, then you know, I just say, okay, well, that's what we had decided. So you live with it and you win some, you lose some, you can't win them all. Right. So that was a little bit different and it's just unique because, you know, we've been trying to track that thing down forever and just happen again, happen to have a good November and happen to, you know, happen to, you know, have it and it was presented it. And that, that was the last bid we were making and that was it. And, and, you know, you went and felt great about it. So, you know, you, you you can, but I just wouldn't recommend that most people bid that way. I think you can get yourself into some deep trouble, um, and, and you can lose a lot of money if you if you um, you know go about it that way, letting the emotion get the best of you. Well, and I think that it sometimes depends on how accessible it is, right? Like, there's like if it's something that you ever in a BWCC auction, I mean, it, it makes more sense to be you know, more structured, more disciplined, but when's the next time you're going to have an opportunity to buy a particular Pele? Like, the opportunity is there, so sometimes you have to go beyond your level. So yeah. Game or, or, yeah, it's just something you hadn't seen, you know, or, or been looking for, and you just don't want to, you want to stop looking for it, because that, that also takes, you know, time. Right. Um, it's effort to spend hours scouring eBay and all these other global sites looking for something. And you, you, there is some value to checking it off your box today. Uh, if it's one of the more scarce things, right. If it's a Mooney Chromo messy PSA seven, you'll probably see another one of those, uh, you know, here shortly. So, 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 so don't like pay twice what the most recent comp was. Yep, exactly. So then we kind of roll into the 58s and then we have that Gatsiva Pele's Garincha next to him from that album cover and those are like $100,000 so to get a 58 that slab is a 58 like I mean you can't do much better than that really anymore so like that was a conversation kind of kind of had in the Discord last night. That that's is that a card? Is that a card and it's meant to be cut out and graded as a card. Well, it's a collectible from 1958 of Pele of when he won the World Cup. So, you know, certainly, like myself, I'd prefer to have an Aquarella, right? For sure. But. But you know that's not that seems like that's not accessible anymore. With you know, I think where did the four go last night? Like forty five hundred. Yep, and the one went for almost two thousand. Two thousand, right? So for, for for a one, now that was a decent one. Yeah, look good. Um, so you know, if you only have a thousand dollars and you want, and it's cool, it's a great photo. It's actually similar to the Amer. I mean, the, the same as the Americana photo, but. It has, um, you know, having him next to Grincha and, and those photos. I mean, it is cool, right? It's one of the more cool looking collectibles from 1958. So, you know, I, I'm looking, I'm never going to fault anyone for whatever, you like, right? So, you know, go get the stuff you like. That's number one, number one, uh, you know, message that I think we always both preach to people. You know, if yeah, you, it's 1958. It's really, so like, there's no arguing that. So, yeah. Whether the intention was for it to be that, I mean, the market dictates and people are paying a thousand dollars. So, yeah, that's our answer. Yeah, yeah. And if you find one that you really like and you have a thousand dollars and that's the visually appealing one, go get it. You know. Um, I did find it interesting that there's the, um, you know, some of them are and then there's the ones with. Um, and then graded very similarly, but the Pele is much cleaner. And from what I recall, I don't know if I had that saved. Yeah, it sold for double. So the one with the 
there was a one that sold for 960, one that sold for 1100, and then there was one where Grant was not part of it that was also that sold for 2100. So, you know, and, and at first I was like, well, why is that? You know, but the argument really is like, well, the photo is cleaner than on the other two. Pele, Pele had like, a lot of paper lost on his face. Yeah. And my first, initially, I was like, well, that's kind of like a record where they, if they cut the off and then you just have the Pele, like, should be selling for less because that was intended to be the, both of them. But that's not the case with these cards. The Pele. You know, yeah, I personally prefer them both on them, but I understand it was made for both of them. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, but but on the record, and and, and I don't happen to have one here handy, but I think there are some dotted lines. Yeah, on the verse, right? Mm -hmm. Technically, the intention of record, right, was to have them, you know, cut, you know, down the middle. And be independent cards because I think the printing is more or less the same on both sides of the back. If I'm, you know, visually getting this, so, you know, I myself I prefer those with the red, you know, border on the side. I just think it looks sharper, and I prefer them uncut. But again, these are preferences, right? Yeah. So, so you know, I and, and I think you just don't know what other people's preferences are. At some point there will be a gravitation of the market to one thing or another. Um, it certainly feels like, you know, in these, uh, the Gazette, you know, Pele that at least based on these auctions, people like, although it's hard because they had paper loss. I think, you know, so it's really hard to know like what, what people are thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, in time, the market will, will speak. You remember there was a time when the market spoke that the Quiggle was the best Pele uh, rookie card for, at least a couple of years, I'd say. Um, and then, and then that kind of, you know, flip flops to the Alfie and, and that's, that happens again, or, you know, something else takes over, who knows, because we don't control the market, but, but yeah, those 58s were, I'd say in general for the condition adjusted, I'd say those were pretty strong results. I felt, I felt like I, I, I wasn't going to be a bear on those at those prices uh, right now. Yeah. Okay. So that the next thing that popped up was the Titulare, and that was a pretty beat one. Um, I think there's a lot of paperwork on the back. Yeah, you could have see through it, and I think there was actually a hole that like went all the way through, and that's pretty much where I draw the line. Yeah, and that went for two grand. So like, that just shows you because like we were talking about that in a previous episode where we saw a ton of those earlier in this year where there was. Not a ton, but like popped up, and then you know, then they went kind of pink. And so this is the first one I think is a full auction that has ended in quite a while. Yeah, and it was. I mean, I actually do believe that they haven't come up much, but I actually believe that um, they have some legs. Uh, on them. I think they, they, there's, they've just been dried up. They're sitting in collections. If you get a decent one without, you know, paper lot, yeah, this one has literally a hole in it, still lots of glue, and his face is mangled too. And it's a, it's a, it's the 50, it's the number 50 card as opposed to the 86. So that was, um, you know, if, if it's a placeholder, you know, that card for me until you, until you get an, uh, uh, a nicer one. I don't know if you had seen, um, that not in a PWCC, but there was a, a team card that sold uh, December 20th, and it was a um, a two or a three? A three, BBG three, and it sold for 900. So, um, you know, that, and that's the team card that somebody was mentioning the other day. Like, you can't really see. Yeah, you know they're there, but you can't see clearly their faces or anything, um, you know, so, you know, I think that the titularis will, will definitely have some legs if they come out to, to market. Um, that, that, that to me is a, those are preferable cards than, you know, some of the other stuff, e even I'd take those mm -hmm. over the Aquarellas or, or stuff like that. If they have a, a clean, a cleaner back. 
So this is something I wanted to ask you because you brought it up about the 50 and 86 um, from the T2Rs. And at least from my experience as an American collector, oftentimes if there were cards released in the same set, the first card in the set was deemed the rookie card, like in the account order. You know, so the earlier one in the series, but like when I did hockey cards, a lot of times we had like international cards in it as well as like you know, their team card. And so, like, whatever card was first in the set was kind of deemed the first card for whatever reason. So um, I know it's ultimately preference, and I mean, I'm not – but is does that ever come into your process, process at all? Not, not, not for me. Um, you know, for, for me, it's about, you know, aesthetics and, uh, and relative rare – rarity, you know, perceptions, right? And so, you know, I, 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 and there aren't that many sets that have multiple, you know, cards in soccer, right? And certainly in Negro League, uh, other stuff that I collect in boxing for that matter as well. So, so I, I don't really come into contact with that much, but it, it doesn't really, that, that, that doesn't resonate with me about the first card number being the most attractive. Okay. And, and I think maybe I didn't like say that properly, but like, let me, as a better example, like you have the regular set. So like, let's say there's a set that was made in 1984 and then you have 1984 update set, right. That was made at the end of the season to take into account any sort of transactions that happened during the year. So maybe there was a rookie that came in and finally got his card made. The 1984 is going to be deemed as rookie, but the 1984 update will not quite be considered his rookie. So that's kind of a way, like, at least in this situation, you have the Tipolare, and then you have a supplemental that was added after the fact. So the 50, in theory, was made earlier than the, the 86. And well, so, the, the 86 is not the supplement. There's um, the 50 and the 86 both come out of the exact same album. Okay. And then there's a supplemental album and that that uh has a oh no no yeah you're right that's that's one with all those circle photos on it okay no so that's actually a different one there's um here i'm gonna i'll pull one here okay. but, um, look at it. we're taking build a class right now yeah so, so here's one it's not it's not a pele but here's a milton santos so some of you may have seen these Okay, that's where I, my brain was getting confused. I do like the 86 better. It's a oh, sharper. No, no, no. This, this is the Quigal supplement. Yeah, that's Quigal. Yeah. Chiefsbury supplement does have those little circles. Yeah, I know. I know the one. It has like all those, and it doesn't even have their names or anything on them. It's just a circle. So, yeah, that, that that's where I was confusing. I, for some reason, I was looking at 86 as a supplemental. So, yeah, yeah that doesn't disregard the last five minutes of me <laughs> asking this question. There's a 19, the, um, let me see if I have an 86 around here. Okay, so just so people are here, so this is what the reg, this, this isn't the paleo, this is a Grinch. So this is what the uh, thing is. And then the supplemental and the tutorials look like this. They're parts of these little heads. And Pele happens to be on two cards because it's like half of the base. Yeah, so, and, and, I, I think they started grading him and saying Pele, and it's like half of Pele's face, they should say. So I wouldn't buy that, right? And then this is the this is the 86. Yeah. And there's three different versions of yep. this. Um, with the autograph, without it. And then with the star, you know, up here. I, on my Instagram, I, I kind of walk people through the differences. But anyway, so, so those are, you know, these were all in the same album. So whether it's the horizontal 50, the sold for 2000, or this one which i haven't seen it for auction in a while yeah 86 they're just in the same album all right yeah that's my bad so probably not these super stars in the chat but yeah. all right so then after that we get into the aqua and actually the four went for seven thousand dollars the four went for seven thousand yeah um Okay, well, that's a big price. I mean, it's a hard card to get in in good grade, and a four is a good grade. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not knocking that, but that's a really high, um, you know, price for that card, at least traditionally. Maybe it's hitting a new 
fucked up. Yeah, that's uh, that was actually quite high on the one. Um, I bid like eighteen something, and it went for like that. It wasn't even one for a bid above my bid, so eh, missed out on that one. But it's a one, but it was a sharp looking. It was a good looking one, yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and that's the other thing that you know with the with the soccer cards and actually any card, you really want to carefully look at you know, how you look and feel about the card, right? Not, not just the grade, because I think um, you know, we had a one cell last thing for like eight, I mean, a thousand or something. Yeah. And it was completely yeah. destroyed, right? Yeah. So, so you know, you do, I, I think you do need to put I appeal in there, uh, especially if you're a, a collector and, and even, a, even an investor, I think, you know, you just, you got to know that a, a better looking one's going to sell for for more than a yep. thrashed one. Yep. So then we do we had the Quiggle went for 5100. That was a PSA one. Um, that wasn't in great condition. Um, I was missing a top corner in the back thrashed. Yeah. It looked like a mouse got to it or something. Um, but then we get into like at least these are just talking points that I saved. Um, the Panini Eusebio, um, the PSA eight went for five grand. Um, How do you feel like that? I'm okay with it. Um, I think it's really hard to get those in really good condition. Um, I think that's another one of those cards where, like, getting anything anything over four is pretty phenomenal. Um, a lot of them are folded in half. Like I have one of them that was, has a crease right across the middle. I have another one that looks a lot better. You know, so we'll do like. They're both in for grading right now. We'll see what happens, but um, I'll be happy with it, honestly. So to get like an eight is, and I've seen a couple of them that were graded highly like that, but I mean, he's one of those top 15 players that you have to, you know, if you want to collect all those, one of them you're going to gonna add to your collection. So. Yeah, I really like um... – you know, the blank back one isn't my favorite. I much prefer if it has a Malida back. Yeah. Um, and then the other one that's eluded me for all these years is, you know, most of them have this this uh, blue uh, nameplate. There's there's some rare ones that no one's been able to explain to me why that come up with a yellow nameplate. And, um, and I've just, it's always eluded me, and I've tried to add that one. Now, just so you know, just like in the, I mean, I know you know, but, you know, there are a number of stickers that are pre, you know, this is his first Panini, which I know matters to some people. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, the, uh, but there are a number of stickers that predate that that are issued in, in, in Portugal. So yeah. this is one of those where mm -hmm. I feel like, okay, this is probably going to some high end, um, you know, investor who's paying $5,000 for that card. And I don't, I'm not saying that it's a bad investment because it's in Sebio. Most people will gravitate. It's easy to understand. It's Panini. It's excellent shape. But, you know, for me, I'd rather have a PSA one or two earlier stickers in, in, you know, issued in Portugal. You know, that said, I bid on the Valida and I love those cards. So if I can see them, I, I, I get them. And I think I bid maybe a thousand bucks on the, on the eight, just wondering if I could get lucky. Clearly I did not. Um, so, you know, I, I felt good. I felt strong. I felt nice to see some recognition of the player that he was right. Um, yeah. that, that made me happy. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think we're, we're going to get a precise answer, right? Like with this, we know Panini is not his first card, but at the same time, it might be the first major um, set that issue that he's a part of. So, like we've seen that with like the I always screw it up with the fifty nine or sixty. Uh, I somebody taught me how to Heiner. Yeah, Heiner. And, uh, that's what I've always said is Heinerly, but I'm yeah. I'm my, my, my German isn't isn't very good, you know. Yeah, it's a little bit out of the romance uh, languages, so it's hard to. Uh, we know you, Al. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, so I think that that's part of it. But I agree. Like, I mean, their PSA one went for three hundred. Like, I'm totally fine buying that for that price. Like, that's a great card to add to your collection, especially like in that range. Like, 
and it was an attractive one you know I, mm. I, again there are ones and there are ones and that was a nice one yeah and now we get to the uh at least where i am I, i'm jumping up to the uh maradonas um so we had the one that was completely like cut like altered um that went for like 550 bucks yeah that to me was just a little bit uh away from the trash can um, <laughs> yeah i mean it looked but it you know and this is kind of goes back to that one the uh aquarela the 58 aquarela where that might be the only one you're able to buy and so i totally get bidding on something like that just to say that you have a 77 maradona because like if you're if you're not gonna fork out four or five grand for a 1.5 you know yeah I mean, got like different levels of um you know finances i guess so i mean i can, yeah, I, can yeah. get it. I, I i agree um you know i just think that if you there are other ones that show up on ebay mm -hmm. that can still be in that price range if you're just patient at least at least there had been so maybe, maybe there's a new plateau for maradona i'm not sure yeah um, so so maybe and and then if you're scared of that or you think there is then you know picking up any copy is better than not having one but you know for except for the rarest of the rare you know i think that i always have a condition line where i'm like okay it's just no matter what i'm not gonna you know uh, yeah i can buy that it's uh you know it was obviously somebody tried to pull that out of an album or something or and then they must have torn the top so then they decided to try to cut it and uh oh it's just uh there was so many things on it. like i've seen so many of those and i just looked at it and i'm like oh painful right it yeah. really hurt me to look at that wondering about the road because i always wonder about the roads of the cards that they take so you know i but on the flip side that 1.5 was very attractive 1.5 yep it did look it looked good it looked clean you know and like we were talking about in the discord last night a lot of times you know you just have to accept that some of these cards are never going to be graded highly and it's just the way they were printed you know the registration oftentimes is jacked up i mean that's the same thing even with the uh paninis like a lot of those paninis the year of the eusebio the registration of the colors isn't good and you almost see like it almost has that 3d effect you know where you have to put 3d glasses on to see what it actually looks like and um and and sometimes like the psas will still grade those high even though you know you're like whoa who, which maradona is it it's like kind of shifted off yeah it just looks crappy so i'd rather have this nice 1.5 um where it's a nice register nice image clean nice colors than than you know one of those that may grade a three or a four that's going to be like kind of off center and a little fuzzy um you know and 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 that's but that three or four is always going to sell for more uh just because that's the nature of of collecting now yeah that's the way the, the world now right like, uh, which is good or bad depending on how you are looking at it it's going to be good that you might be able to buy something at a lower grade for less um, but maybe some of the things that you prefer aren't going to sell for quite a size. Yeah, and you know the uh, like I, there was there was that Pele. What was it? 1961, I think, which was a PSA one, and it was. I mean, just beautiful PSA one, right? I, I love cards like that because the prices are low, but the eye appeal is high, and you have a copy of the card. And you know, personally. You know, I've never been a, a PSA 10 need to have the highest graded type of thing. It's more like I got a copy that I really enjoy looking at and, and, and I can save a whole lot of money versus you know, something, something else. Um, so, you know, but to each their own, right? Uh, if you, if you, you know, want a, a certain number, you're looking for all VG collection or whatever, you know, you do you. Yeah. 100%. I mean, everything we say is just our personal, preference and it doesn't mean that we're correct <laughs> we've been wrong before we'll be wrong again and uh and uh, preference isn't uh right or wrong answer anyway so um don't uh, listen to yourself and um I guess the last topic we can go over real quick is um the messies so we saw a lot of messies last night and a lot of them seem to go 
pretty inexpensively in comparison to what they had been going for the previous two, three, four months. So, I mean, it's been something that's happened that we discussed last night, but maybe just, you know, give me your opinion on, on that situation, um, you know, as of now. Yeah. You know, I think it's, um, it's, it's kind of interesting. So, you know, I think in the long term, if you're buying any of these messies in this area, you'll likely be happy. But I do somewhat worry short term if there's still some additional downside for some of the reasons that we talked about, you know, yesterday, especially on non 71 bis. Because I, I do, I mean, I was shocked when I was talking to another collector friend and he told me he had submitted 50 of of the other mega cracks ones. And I'm like, wow, I mean, we're, you know, you just had 50 sitting around. I was like, yeah, I was buying them for 10 bucks, you know, for the last decade. And I just finally decided to send them into PSA. But this was, this was in, in March or April. And so he still doesn't have them back because uh, he was like the extra slow, you know, service. So I do wonder how many of them are out there uh, and have been submitted through, through, you know, time as certainly the early part of the year, which a lot of people still don't have theirs back. So if that affects the pop reports, I think there could be some short-term downside, especially with all the chaos that Barcelona is right now. And the fact that he's not having a great year. Um, and if they get dumped, you know, out of the Champions League early, you know, I think it's just, you know, people want the guy who's scoring the goals now. Um, in the end, these are going to be massively important soccer cards. And, you know, if I was sitting on the sidelines over the last, you know, year or so, wondering if I was going to get one of these cards, you know, I kind of feel like, again, talk to your financial advisor, talk to your spouse, you know, make sure you have the money, don't spend your rent money. But, you know, if I was going to stretch and I wanted one of these cards or all of them, you know, I think now, now would be a good time to stretch over the next, you know, three to four months. Because um, I do think we'll see some continued softness. And I do think that, um, that you know, it's going to be, we'll look back on this as a really good, you know, buying off. Again, we see the difference in the PSA 8 sold for like that it's like 6500 i think the two of those and then you had the uh the bgs 8 selling for 4000 so there's still a huge demand difference for the psa label as opposed to the the beckett label which i think a lot of people are of the opinion that you know it's probably gotten too wide you know it used to be a little bit and now it's became become like a gulf so so which we talked about i think last time um that and, and so that still continues and, you know, it kind of depends which side of the fence you're on on that. But, you know, I'm still – I didn't buy any last night. Uh, I got outbid on the sticker again. I've been huge on the sticker. Um, I know you're big on the uh, Mundi Chromos. I, I put a lot of uh, bids because there's so many of them closing that you don't want to win all of them, right? But I, I had low lowish bids, and I didn't end up with any of them. Um you know, and, and I would have been happy if I would have won them all uh, if, you know, at my, at my price, which was only a little bit below where they went. And in retrospect, when you when you kind of, when the smoke clears on PWCC and I stuff I've been on and all the stuff that I lost, you know, I, I go through and I said, man, I would have loved to have been the, the buyer of um, of this one or the other one. Yeah. On a, the Maradona 78.3, oh, I really would have liked that. I mean, even the 77 Maradona would have taken and a whole bunch of messies. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be backing the truck up and saying, load them in. You know, if you, if you, you have the capital because no question that 10, 15, 20, 30 years down the road, he's absolutely still going to be one of the most amazing guys to ever play the world's most important sport. So, you know, I know Cristiano won whatever, footballer of the century 20 years into the century which is bizarre um so but you know he's he's great and i you know love him his sticker went for twelve thousand five hundred last night which you know in a bgs 9.5 which you know surprised me um so he, he's getting a little bit of a bump whereas you know i'd say last march they were all pretty close Messi took off cristiano went up a little bit 
but there was a big gap and now Messi's coming down and Cristiano's going up a little bit. So, you know, that, that's kind of how I see it, but I'd be, you know, I, we had a couple people in your discord about, you know, the bought a lot of Messi's and I think it's absolutely the right call. We said to do that last month too. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's an interesting time for these players because they are at the end of their careers. So you're always going to see at some point where they, I'm not saying Messi's falling off, but you know he's not going to be the Messi that we saw when he was 26 years old or 2012, you know, something like that. Like that's just the case. Like things change, things change. You know, his desire to be where he is might have changed. You know, there's just so many different things that would have affected this. And then, like, you have the people who are still collecting play, like current players, and that's their focus is performance. That's what drives their um excitement of collecting certain players because they're doing well and so those collectors are maybe affecting the overall value of his cards at the moment but yeah like you said when you take a step back and the dust settles he's going to be arguably the best player of all time and once i don't think you're gonna have a lot of people arguing that i don't think you have a lot of people arguing that he's not the best player of the last quarter century like you know, there. I mean, you might fall back into Zidane or something like that. Like that might be like the next argument. But there's different players and different types of players, and that's okay. But you know, you usually want the goal scorers, and he's proven that he is. You know, he's the most prolific goal scorer. Like, and you know, he scored the 91 in a calendar year. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I I think that um, you know these these are just going to be. These are going to be the stalwarts of the hobby. And yes, they're going to go up. Uh, but again, as somebody mentioned, you know, you've got this global sport. And let's say we end up with, you know, 10,000 messy rookies, something that I think is not even going to be anywhere remotely possible. But let's just say that we did. That's going to be half of the Jordan rookies uh, of just 86 Fleer, by the way. So, and here I'm including 10,000 of all of the, you know, Campio, Campiones, you know, all of the the stickers and everything, you get 10,000. And you got 10,000 Fleer just by, you know, by PSA. And now you you see that card, even though it's relatively common, you know, trading for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, so, you know, I think that if you have a long-term view or you're going to, you know, give your looking for a, something to give your godson or something, you know, a nice messy rookie at his baptism, slide that, you know, under, just put it in the safe, have him wake up, you know, 20 years later, you're just going to be ecstatic that that was one of the collectibles that you've, uh, that you pulled. And, you know, if you could do that, you know, I look again, look at this and I say, Hey, the Rashford gold number to 10, you know, a prism or a messy rookie PSA eight trade for the same amount, you know, to me again, Maybe I'm just risk adverse, but you know, all day long, that's the easiest you know decision that I have to make. Yeah, that, that's interesting. It's always that's the battle of the new cards versus old cards kind of thing. And like when I own a card track, that was so the case. Like it was just crazy. Like you get the new hot rookie or a new young hot player, and you know, at least Rashford's shown that he can do something. There's a lot of guys that sell for a ridiculous amount that have done nothing. And like, I'm not saying that I would even blink before I decided, you know, the Messi or the Rashford, but like that being the case, so many of those players, when I own this card show, people would pay $500. Deshaun Stevenson is a guy that pops in my head because he was a 18 year old that came into the NBA. Everybody was so like, he's gonna be the next Jordan. Within a you know, like, we pulled a card that we pulled for five to seven hundred, which was a lot back then. And like, within a year, he was worthless. Like, yeah, you, you, I mean, and we could go back. I mean, you know, we've been around the block, you know, more than you know we would like to admit. And um, you know, you could go back and just recreate, you know. I'm just going back to some of my baseball days. Like I bought, you know, Teddy Higuera, you know, I like uh -huh. 1987. I thought he was going to be a great, you know, pitcher. Right. So, 
Well, pitches are hard in, in baseball anyway. But, I mean, there's, the you know, William Green in football. He was a first-drafted uh, running back, played for the Browns. I thought he was going to bring the Browns back, right? So, and all of those are just in the waistband. Um, yeah. And then you could get you can get lucky and, and get the right one. And it's fun. It's it is fun, you know, like you and Vincent were talking about the other day. It's fun because you have you feel like you have some skin in the game when you're watching the games, and that is fun. And that's the way I look at one if I, I play that market, and I do, you know, maybe five percent of the stuff that I do. Just that I see it as entertainment money, um, as opposed to you know, truly investing because it's just a crapshoot, right. Yeah, and I mean, like, just think of all those people that spent like a ton of money on players, like uh, even guys who turned out decent. Who's the uh, pitcher that pit was for Kansas City, and then he went to Arizona? Um, or no, who was the pitcher for the Washington National uh, Washington Strasburg? Yeah, and people paid a like, stupid amount of money for his one of one and his like Chrome autograph rookie or whatever, and. What's that worth now? But if you bought Mike Trout, like then you know it's the the other way. But it's just like it just seems super volatile to me, and that's just not how my brain works. Like I think being in finance and all that sort of thing, just my brain works in a different way. And you know, weighing the risks, and that just seems like those. It's that's like playing penny stocks in a way to me. And and so that's like just not where my brain's at. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, teach their own, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just not where my brain and how it works. And people will make a ton of money on a few of these players, but most of them will be complete busts, and you'll lose everything. Um, or mo- almost like like you're you're saying, you know, I'm sure Rashford will always have a collecting, you know, base, and he'll do well, um, you know, to some extent. And you know, but I don't you know, six thousand dollars isn't 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 a bet I'm gonna take with 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 that, or even the Mape that went for one hundred and ten thousand to ten. That prism, you know, last when was that? A few months ago. You know, I wouldn't. I'd rather put it in a pilot, and that's what I'm doing. I'm putting, you know, more money than I imagined into you know some pilot cards. Agreed. I think that's a uh, a good way to stop this. I think that that. Um that uh cement our position on vintage versus new and uh uh thanks again for joining uh i love doing this it's a fun conversation every time and you know yeah it's it's awesome bill and you know thanks it's been fun to you know kind of take it off of these forums and make it live make some videos get on the discord the engagement's been you know super fun for me so thank you for it's been great to to get back together after you know all these years and passion so uh, very fun and, and very thankful that, that this is one of the great things that came out of what otherwise was the tough 2020 yeah for sure and um yeah thanks for everybody that joined us man that was a, a good rocking crowd and um yeah we'll take this uh, messy ronaldo uh, conversation to the discord <laughs> thanks everybody for listening and i'll talk to you next time all right take care